Welcome to my podcast, Exploring Past Lives with Karen Joy. I am Karen Joy. For over a decade, I've been doing regressions with people who want to experience a past life and sometimes their life between lives. I'm the author of several books, including the groundbreaking book, Lost Soul, Wise Soul, How Our Challenging Past Lives Shape Our Future. In this unique podcast, I speak to people who have actually experienced one or more past lives. Some have also visited their life between lives, which is also known as the afterlife. Come with me now to learn what can happen in a past life regression, what a past life experience is like, how it unfolds, and how it impacts on our current lives. Well, hello everyone today. It's great to be with you. Today I've got with me Sally, who's a friend, a bit unusual. She's a friend who I got to know quite a long time ago, but we'll talk about that in a minute. First of all, hello, Sally. Hi, Karen. Really pleased to be here. It's exciting to have you on to the onto the podcast. So I was wondering first, we might just talk. We've known each other for quite a while. Uh, I think we were working it out, weren't we? It was over a decade or so. Yeah, it was 14 years. Wow. Okay. And can you just, because I haven't had anybody on who knows me that well, can I ask you uh, to tell tell people a little bit about how we met? Yeah. So I met you when I was working for an investment management firm in, um, in Brisbane and I um, was at kind of a senior role and um, the one of the senior managers who I reported to um, was uh, bullying me quite badly. And um, I obviously was earning really good money, so I decided to put up with it. And, put up with the bullying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you make your choice. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they basically uh, the bullying got continually um, bad. And so the head of HR basically said that um, – you know, um, I wanted to stay and obviously the senior manager also wanted me to stay even though he didn't seem to like me very much. So they actually gave me a $40,000 bonus. They gave me an office with a view over the river right next to the um, senior manager for some bizarre reason. And this is the one who's bullying you. The one yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, I used to get flowers after every episode, so it was quite unusual. Um, and then, um, yeah, they made me have... Uh, eight compulsory um, psychology sessions, um, which was as part of the deal for me staying. So, yeah, I got 40 grand, uh, a room with a nice view, and I got a friendship with you out of it. So, oh. overall, it was, uh, it was, it was quite worth, a big was, was it worth the bullying, though? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, actually. Yeah, and you make a choice. So, yeah, you know, I believe that's true. Investment banking, being a female, was never easy, but ultimately – um, you know, you earn good money and, and you get to go, you know, do a lot of travel around the world and so it's a choice. So yeah. um, I wanted to make that choice for as long as I possibly could. So, yeah, yeah so that's so how we met. You were my psychologist. Longer, so in the longer term it worked out. So that's why you came to see me. And I do remember because I did, forgot to tell people, but you're a psychic medium. And uh, so you were, you, I remember in one of our sessions, you said, um, oh, your father's coming through because my father had died, oh, I think about six or seven years before. And you said he's coming through and he was, I think he was hassling you. Is that right? 
Yeah, he started coming through in probably the second or third session. And I knew after a while, I was trying to ignore him because it was like, geez, this is actually my time. Um, well, that's what I, often, <laughs> I remember. Yeah, yeah. You, you often, you know, realize in life that boundaries within people are important. But I quickly realized after the, you know, that started happening to me that I also had to have boundaries with, with dead people. Um, and your father was um, quite happy about constantly breaching those boundaries when I was trying to have my sessions with you. So it went on for quite a few sessions. And obviously, I didn't know, you know, you as a psychologist, I didn't realize or know whether you were open to, you know, weird stuff. So I didn't say anything. And it wasn't until probably, you know, the second last session that I was, you know, paying you at the end of the session and his voice just got louder and louder and louder. And I thought, you bugger, I'm just going to have to tell you. Otherwise, you know, the last sessions are just not, you know, they're not going to work. So, um, yeah, I remember standing there paying you and actually told you that your dad was here and been annoying me for quite some time. So I think your words were bugger off. Tell him to bugger off. I think um, I, I think what I remember is you actually asked me once in a session and I said, tell him to piss off because it's your session too. I said that. <laughs> and then he, yeah. Yeah, well, he didn't listen. But he, he didn't listen. So eventually yeah. he was, well, that's exactly what he was like, I'm afraid. And so then um, you, yeah, when you were paying one time, I said, oh, well, what does he want? And he said something about, um, I remember, do you remember it was like yeah. uh, he's, he's, he, the whole time he'd wanted to say sorry, he kept saying, please tell Karen that I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And one of the reasons why it had been going on for so long and I haven't said anything to you was because he wouldn't actually tell me what he was sorry for. So I sort of kept saying to him, look, if you're really sorry, you you need to tell me what it is that you're sorry for because it's just irrelevant saying sorry. And he refused to tell me. So I sort of got the feeling that perhaps it was pretty bad what he'd done to you. Uh, must have been pretty horrific for him to not want to actually tell me what it is that he'd done. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Well, he, he um, it was, and he never admitted it when he was on the planet as well. But anyway, uh, what happened then, he, he, you said to me, he wants to tell you that your mother will be, he'll be there when your mother dies. That was funny because I happened to be, in Victoria when she died about seven years later, six or seven years later, I think it was, and uh, I felt a bit guilty about not being there when she, I didn't feel right to come back to her to her because she was passing. I didn't know whether I'd get back in time anyway, and as it turned out, I was feeling a bit bad about that the morning that we are coming back to Brisbane. I had to do all the arrangements because I'm the only child here in Australia. So I was feeling a bit, bit guilty about that. And then I remember I was lying in bed thinking, oh, I've got to go back and do all of this. And then I thought, hang on a minute. He, she wasn't alone. Dad said he'd be there. And that was amazing, the level of uh, relief that I got just from that. It's funny how a message from a medium from somebody on the other side can make such a difference so quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, it was years before that happened. And I remember your dad was just kept saying all the time, please tell her that I'll be there when, you know, when a mum dies. And I just remember thinking, well, like, that's, that's you know, a long way away. What What's the relevance of it? Yeah, but he was really right. adamant about saying, I'll be there when the mum dies, I'll be there for her. And I knew that their relationship wasn't um, the best yeah. at that stage. So it was like, oh, that's strange. So why he'd be so adamant about it. So obviously there was a reason. 
Yeah, well, it's pretty interesting that um, he had that message for me and it was quite important in the end. And I think sometimes we do get these messages and we don't know how important they are till later. And, yeah, it was very relieving. Anyway, that was pretty important for me. And I'm thinking now that it would be great because I usually follow a, a list of questions to ask you about you becoming a spiritual person, like having a spiritual perspective on life. And I think there's a bit of a story to that too, if you would be happy to share that. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, had a pretty uh, traumatic childhood with a mother with borderline personality disorder and very narcissistic and a father who was also um, probably uh, quite narcissistic in a different way. So there'd been a lot of physical and emotional and mental abuse and a lot of um, suicide attempts in front of me since I was quite small um, and just, you know, the usual stuff that goes along with having um, a seriously mentally ill parent in and out of um, mental hospitals and um, jail and, um, you know, lots of, so, yeah, so it was a, it was a pretty um, pretty difficult childhood, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I had, um, I'd also been raped um, twice in 12 months in when I was in my early 20s. And, um, you know, and I think after my childhood and after that happening, one of the guys was a, a, a good friend of mine. Um, I realized that depression had sort of set in and I was probably suicidal, although I held down a, you know, a very stressful investment banking job in Sydney and London and New York. And, you know, everyone who would have known me would have thought that I was very happy and social and, and an extrovert. But inside I was, um, you know, really struggling to want to continue to live. And um, one, I, I actually left um, London and followed a boy back to Australia and an Australian guy. And I was living um, in Newcastle and uh, we'd split up um, and he wasn't um, very supportive, um, to put it nicely. And so I was in a really bad state and I pretty much decided that um, enough was enough and that I was actually going to um, kill myself. The problem I'd always had with suiciding was the fact I didn't want anyone who loved me or liked me to find me. So I'd been on a drive out in the, out in the um, rural area for a while and I'd found this this perfect road that had these beautiful big ghost gums and, and they had a fire station on one end and a police station on the other end. So to me that was gold because I thought, wow, if I run my car into one of these beautiful gum trees, they, they were huge. I thought it would definitely kill me, well, hopefully, and then the person that will find me will hopefully have some sort of experience in car accidents and it's not going to be as traumatic as, you know, someone finding me overdosed on a bathroom floor who knew me. So um, I'd prepared everything and was was ready to um, go, done my will and tidied the house up and was um, – that that night was a friend rang me and she didn't know that I was struggling um but she just she knew that I was um yeah struggling a little bit but nowhere near as much as I was and so she said oh I met this barrister and she'd had a near-death experience on the way home from court in Sydney and um she now runs this retreat and funnily enough the the retreat that she ran out of her holiday home was actually way far away from you know 50 k's away from where I was living plus but and she said, oh, you should go and see her. And so my investment banking head thought, oh, yeah, you know, she's a barrister. And I said to my friend, oh, as long as she doesn't, you know, wear purple flowing dresses and crystals, um, you know, I'll be okay with that. And anyway, my friend actually said, look, you should go and see her. And so anyway, I, I, her house was five kilometres from where I was going to 
uh, run my car into this tree, which was quite a coincidence, which obviously wasn't a coincidence. But um, so I I rang her that that evening, and she actually booked me in the next morning. And when I rocked up at her house, funnily enough, she was wearing a purple flowing dress and crystals. So my little investment banking part of me was not happy. And I remember saying to her, please don't touch me. It was a little bit, not mean, but a little bit frosty. Anyway, she opened the door and she looked at me and I looked at her and she says to me, you're going to kill yourself after this, aren't you? And I just thought, oh my God, how, you know, how did she know? Um, and she invited me into her room, which of course was surrounded with crystals, much to my annoyance. And at the time, and um, she, uh, yeah, she did um, what's called pranic healing on me, and and um, she didn't touch me as I requested. And um, yeah, about forty minutes later, I walked out, and you know, was paying her, and the suicidal depression had gone. And I said to her, "Oh, what did you do to me?" And she said, oh, don't worry about it. You just had a couple of dark entities that you'd had on your back since you were born and I just removed them and you'll feel better now. And then she said to me, I'll see you in, I think she said, I'll see you in, um, I'll see you in, in a couple of months time or something. And I remember thinking, I said to her, no, 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 I won't see you. Like, this is a one-off. Thank you for fixing me. And she says, no, 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 I'll see you. And she said something about you'll probably do some training with me. And I just remember thinking, what a strange thing to say. And I think I might've said, yeah, no, but thank you. And um, anyway, I got home that night and voices started and she had muttered something to me before I'd left about how this was going to change my life or something. And I just thought, well, thanks. Cause you know, not feeling suicidal is pretty life changing. <laughs> and um, she said, she said something about, you know, what's going to happen is going to change life. And so, yeah, I went home and the voices started. And I think because both my parents are mentally ill, I sort of assumed that this crazy barrister woman had done something and now she turned the suicide off and turned on, you know, weirdo. Um, so I was pretty upset and I rang her back and said, um, Thanks for fixing my, you know, my my depression. But would you mind, um, you know, stopping the voices? And she said, "Oh well, I said you'd study under me, and don't don't worry, they're all good. There's no problem. You just need to learn how to manage them." And anyway, of course, I didn't believe her, and so this went on for quite a few months um, of harassment while I was in boardrooms, while I was trying to sleep, while I was driving the car. Um, you know, I'd be sitting in a boardroom meeting and I'd get a voice, oh, he's got prostate cancer and, oh, you know, he's really struggling with his wife and, oh, oh he's having an affair with, um, you know, some other person, colleague that he worked with and just information about health and just everything was coming through and it was it was completely devastating because I was being harassed by voices in my head from all different people for months and it was affecting my sleep it was affecting my ability to concentrate um, and they were all strangers so it wasn't like I could say to my mates oh by the way you know I'm hearing something about you do you want to know it was always about strangers so and um, yeah in the end I went to see a psychiatrist and a psychologist and a GP and they all said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're mildly anxious. And so in the end, I had to give in and go back um, to the woman that had done the healing. And I ended up studying under her for two years. 
Um, wow. And she, yeah, she taught me how to control the voices. I guess it's about boundary setting. Your dad obviously wasn't so great at controlling him. <laughs> he was pretty persistent. Um, but, yeah, so I learned how to control the voices and how to, um, you know, live with it and actually be able to turn it off, switch it off and live my life and choose when I, you know, choose to change it, change the channel in my head is how I would describe how it works. I can just make a, a, an intention to change the channel and information starts coming through. Okay. So, so is that how you operate then as a psychic medium? Yeah, um, pretty much just relax. Sometimes um, psychometry helps. So um, people that come to see me will bring in an item that their loved one wore, if, you know, usually metal helps. Um, sometimes they'll bring a photo. They don't have to bring those things. Um, but basically I just sit quietly. Sometimes I might hold their hands for 30 seconds um, to get a deeper connection. Um, it's not always mediumship that comes through. Sometimes if they don't have anyone in particular who they want to talk to on the other side or anyone on the other side who wants to have a chat, then, you know, sometimes it's just psychic stuff. So it might be, you know, they'll show me the blockages in their lives um, or the beliefs that are holding them back from having, you know, a more stable and happy life and, and you know, what's causing issues in relationships and things like that which yeah. is often childhood related so yeah. but then other readings where someone really wants to talk to someone on the other side um, or multiple people then you know those people will come through sometimes the people that they want to talk to don't come through and people that they you know didn't really have a, you know think about talking to you know maybe a grandfather instead of the mother or something um, but you always find there's a reason for it um, yes. why yeah why certain people come through or sometimes it's not necessarily about the person on this side, it's about the person on the other side that has unresolved issues and things, you know, like your father and things that yeah. they want to acknowledge that they couldn't acknowledge when they were alive. Yeah. Um, so I think it's about healing on both sides. Um, Probably. It's, it's, it can be very, I know it can be very useful. I did a medium course recently myself, even though I'm not a medium and I don't need to be, I like the work that I do. But it's obviously pretty impressive you're uh, definitely psychic karen okay. so you've had this conversation multiple times you psychic is you well, have I, I know i am more now than i did before yeah you definitely but, you use your psychic abilities in the sense of it's just a heightened intuition to a certain I think extent it, that's how i think of it i think with my writing i'm i am too but um with the work that i do i like to help people be psychic and get the information come through so when we did the regression that you came to do at the time, I can't remember what was happening at the time, but um, your life has changed recently because you le left your work that you were doing in in Brisbane and and came up to live in a beautiful place where I live. <laughs> yes, I was fortunate enough to be able to retire when I was 44 and you gave me um, the idea, actually, when you moved up to, up to Mulaney, you gave me the idea about I've always loved bushwalking up here. So... Um, I said to my partner at the time, you know, what about Mulaney? So, yeah, that's how we ended up um, up here. Yeah, so it's great that you came up to Mulaney and then you decided to have a regression with me because you were settling in at the time and there were things happening and obviously everybody's on a growth path and you were too and I think you get your business through word of mouth at the moment so you're not really advertising, is that correct? 
Yeah, I don't have to advertise. Yeah. So um, I think that we'll we'll just uh, close this for the moment, Sally, and we'll leave that about the rest of the, the questions that I was going to ask you about your regression, which I think is very interesting, and anything else you want to share because you've already shared some really inf- inf- great information for us. So how are you with uh, coming back and we'll do another one for the next session? Yeah, that would be great. I think past lives have come up um, a couple, quite a few times in my reading so I think that's why and even though we were mates so I thought I'll come and see Karen and see it for myself because when it started coming up in readings I thought oh that's interesting um well, how can I expand on that yeah so that that's another great way for people to get access to their past lives is through somebody like you who do the psychic mediumship my gut feeling is they're better off coming through someone like you but because when you go do past lives through a medium unless there's a linkage that makes it obvious, I think the regressions that you do and after having one with you, you're, the client is the one living the experience. It's not just a medium saying, hey, I can see this past life and this past life and, you know, your brother in that life was your dad in that one. You know, they may or may not resonate with that unless there's a linkage, which there often is, but I still feel very strongly that doing a regression where the information comes from the client, not from a medium, is a lot in my opinion, a lot stronger and they get to feel it. The client gets to feel how it felt when they're in another life rather than just be told that could just be a nice story. Well, I think that's true, but I would also say that it, when you're giving them that and you've got the linkages in the regression as well, it's the linkages that makes them powerful anyway, you know, like the link that yeah. where they suddenly realise that something makes sense and I'm sure that you sometimes do that with, as a medium too but where you're talking about the past life and how it relates to their current life. And so then that's where the power of the whole thing is, is how it affects our current life. Like we're not doing past lives because we're curious and interesting. Like, yes, they are, but that's not the real reason for them because we're here to live our life, this life. The only reason we really want to go into a past life is because it's got some power or some influence over our current life. So, you know, and and I guess that's what you're saying is if there's a link there, then I think that's okay. But, yes, it is great when people get into the experience and it seems really real. And I think that happens when they're, maybe they're a bit sceptical and they need to start opening up, you know. Yeah. But anyway, I, it's great talking to you today and I really look forward to talking to you next time where we'll go into more about the regressions, if that's okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much, Sally. It's just been great talking to you. for tuning in today. Please feel free to access my website, lifebetweenlivesregression.com.au for much more information about past lives and life between lives. You also might want to tune in to my Twitter and my Instagram account and my Facebook page, Karen Joy Author. On my website, you will find case studies explored in depth in my blogs and in my books, and locate other useful information and resources. Thank you for listening.